0: Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and moms around the world. Hi, everyone. Happy 200th. Confetti just fell from the ceiling of my podcast studio. (laughs) Actually, it wasn't confetti. It was... (laughs) the drapes i have hanging precariously there was some black
1: mold that fell from the ceiling stop
0: that is so unfair <laughs> I'm uh you are hearing the voice of adam stikiel my husband the father of my two children i've got a 5 year old and a 16 month old two daughters and also now my writing partner yeah <laughs> i got a job
1: yes you did
0: <laughs> so let's tell everybody about this
1: Okay, we're kicking off the 200th episode with some very exciting news. I'm sure some people know about this, but Ellie and I sold a television show, a half-hour comedy called Because Kids, to uh, ABC. And we're in the middle of writing it right now, together. And and we still love each other very much.
0: Yeah! Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. How do we share this about, like, developing it? So, Becky Sloviter is this incredible, badass mom Who is – she's a producer and she was meeting with Adam and she was like, I want to do a show about parenting. And and my husband – and Adam was like, I've got – my wife has a podcast. You should listen to our episodes together. And the coolest thing about Becky is that she was in the entertainment industry and then she took time off to be a stay-at-home mom. And then now she's back in the game. And so she – I feel really appreciates like all sides of the mothering coin. She really
1: does. She's, She's, she,
0: as a producer, she has had to work outrageous hours and knows that guilt of coming home after the kids are in bed and leaving before they wake up in the morning. And as a stay at home mom, she knows like how hard that is. And she's really, really funny. So that, that, when I met her, I was like, oh, this is really exciting. I have always kept, like Hollywood stuff at an arm's length because for so many years, I couldn't get hired as an actor. And so, you know, many of you were with me through the podcast when I quit acting. I like totally stepped aside from all of that. And then this opportunity came along And it's something I had been secretly thinking about for a long time. Like, oh, God, I would just love to do a show. Like, this would be such a fun sitcom. And the people in my life are so zany. Like,
1: You say it, we should say, you all the time. For as long as we've been married, you'd always say, uh, this should be a show. That should be in a show. Like, anything that happens in our lives, you love to point out and say it should be in a show. And I was always very resistant to that. And it Mm -hmm. drove me crazy. And in the end, you were right, because now we're putting it in a show.
0: Exciting Uh, because (laughs) I always had this Lucille Ball like fantasy where Desi Arnaz is the, you know, he runs his show and he's the star of it. And Lucy's always trying to sneak on the set and be a part of it. And for so many years, it felt that way with you. Like you would work on a television show as a writer or you would, you know, even in the films. And I'd always be like, can I audition? Can I be a part of it? Can I be the Starbucks girl? Like how can I be – And then, uh, you guys, I got to be in the room where it happens. Like we pitched this show together as husband and wife, like 50, 50, like back and forth. And I got to be in the room where it happens. It was great. Okay. So how has it been working with your wife?
1: It's been great. It's been, and we should say that working with my wife is also the first time I've ever had a writing partner. So you know, that it's actually more unusual for me to have a writing partner. You know, I've had a wife for many, many years now. I've never had a writing partner. So that's been the adjustment, but it's been awesome. And it's been a lot of fun. And we should share the story of when we first went. And uh, so CBS studios, there's a studio and a network uh, on, on television shows and CBS studios is our studio. And before we were able to go anywhere with this, we had to, go and pitch it to the studio and get them on board. So our studio pitch was hilarious. Um, we're pulling in again. I've never pitched anything with another writer before. Um, and the first time I'm doing it is with my wife. And I say to Ellie, Hey, um, you know, you have a tendency sometimes when we're out at dinner and stuff to interrupt me and talk over me. Can you, can you please not do that in the, in the pitch? And Ellie goes, yeah, of course. And then as we're pulling onto the lot, I just say it one more time to make sure I go, hey, just, you know, again, just to be clear, please don't interrupt me. And she got so annoyed, rightfully so. I'd get annoyed if, if she had mentioned it twice. And then sure enough.
0: Well, like, talk about a pep talk.
1: I know, I know. But it was correct because when I went to speak in the pitch, you put your hand up to quiet me and then just kept on rolling. And you were great. You pretty much single-handedly sold it yourself.
0: Why, thank you. Yes. Me in that box of hot tamales. You had a lot like. of
1: weird snacks and treats. You're like anxiety manifested in the strangest way I've ever seen. Do you want to explain that to everyone?
0: Sure. Well, first of all, I felt very special because we got to drive onto the lot and we got to park in the New York streets of the CBS studios lot. So never not cool. It was so cool because you're like parallel parking, but it looks like you're on the set of who knows what it looked like. Marvelous Miss Maisel or something. And so that was really cool but it's five o'clock on a Friday. I um, was having flashbacks to not great auditions that I've had on that lot in years past. Um, I've never pitched anything before.
1: And also keep in mind the, the just the run up to get there is as so it's the classic male versus female thing. It's like, I fell asleep in my board shorts, woke up 30 minutes beforehand, got dressed and left you know and you spent the better and I part looked amazing. you looked amazing but you know you spent the better part of an afternoon
0: yeah getting ready yeah. yeah it was worth it though
1: I mean, cuz that was like was the first
0: thing that. they said they were like Ellie you got dressed yeah i know they definitely
1: put on adam you put on a t-shirt <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so we were waiting and it's like 5:15 now and we're sitting there and i my blood pressure drops or whatever. I go into like possum mode when I get really anxious. I just get numb. And I know that that's no place to be. So I saw a Coca-Cola and I don't, I haven't drank Coke in like 10 years. And I was like, can I have a Coke please? So then I had a Coke and then we get in the room and then there's candy on the table. I can't not eat all the candy. So I'm popping my hot tamales, but it was so much didn't you also have
1: like another beverage too? It was weird. My
0: throat was very dry. It was
1: hilarious. And then you were hopped up on hot tamales and and Coca-Cola. It was great. Yeah. And And it went great, obviously, because here we are writing a show together.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, when we sold it to ABC, then that was really special because it was seven moms in the room and Adam. And Mm -hmm. that was so cool to get the opportunity to share like funny moments from our lives and our ideas and then have it bought by, you know, this line of powerful moms yeah that was really really crazy just a
1: group of awesome i mean awesome you know television executives but also awesome moms and awesome people and yeah it's just everything you want um you know in a creative process we're very lucky and we're having a great time
0: so now we're writing it
1: now we're writing it
0: what's the hardest thing about having a writing partner I that know.
1: when you make your writing partner mad that it's your spouse and so they're still there you don't get that's it uh no there is no hard part it's been great it's been like a really great experience and you know it's it's interesting because you know after you do something by yourself for as many years as I've done it you have your little tricks that you go to all the time and it's good for me to have someone that like won't let me do my tricks you know that that it's 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 great to have someone that will challenge me and and push me to try different stuff and, and uh, you know, find cool things. And just, I mean, look, essentially, this is what our show is about. It's about raising kids in 2018 with, you know, a very active, you know, Ellie and I are both very active parents. And, and what that looks like and how it can be challenging to try to raise kids from two different perspectives. And that's what the show is about. And that's what actually writing has been about too, is, you know, we both bring very distinct and unique perspectives to parenting, to writing, to our ideas about television. And and it's sort of, you know, the, whatever that phrase is, the greater than the sum of its parts. I mean, you know, one plus one equals, you know, a lot more than three,
0: I think. Has there been anything helpful or useful about having a partner that has the beginner's eye?
1: Uh... Y- took too long there. no well because i'm thinking about yeah the answer is yes and, and i'm trying to think about what, what i what i think is well, been- let me
0: tell you what you should say that and then i'll you know- tell you what
1: i want to say but yeah go ahead <laughs> but yours this is more important so go ahead
0: <sighs> well ellie you know i've been a writer for a really really long time and it's really like working with someone who is truly in the moment since she has no idea what's to come
1: Mm-hmm. Like a child, essentially, is what you just described. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, I like that. I like sometimes, sometimes that's annoying, but yeah. Oh, come on. Um, I, that was going to be a version of my answer. I like that you have a lack of uh, <laughs> awareness about what the process entails, which I think frees you up to go down paths that, you know, probably most writers wouldn't venture down just because, like you said, they're able to look down the line and know you know, what works and what doesn't. And, and, and quite honestly, even things that I've seen in other pilots before that again, just because of the, you don't have the experience, you don't know that certain things have been done before and we don't do those things, but what they will do is they will open up other ideas that will go, Oh, well, that's cool. I haven't seen that before. Um, yeah, you just bring an entirely different sort of process to the table that I think has found stuff that I would not have otherwise found. It's great. And you're very funny. You're, you're, really good at this. I mean, you're in in the the multi-camera format. I'm going to nerd out on TV for a sec. If you guys want to check out my other podcast called uh, Adam nerds out on TV, that'll be uh, launching um, soon. The multi-camera format is a very unique and specific television format. The, the live studio audience, you know, sort of like cheers and friends and all those shows that I grew up on. It's very specific and you have a great natural inclination for that format which is like very cool to see as someone who ran a multi-camera show like it's very cool when you're like oh wow i had no idea that you were you're better at this than i am which is because it's hard for me it's like a very difficult format like it's actually probably furthest from the feature film format which is where i come from mm-hmm. so it was a you know um, i'll give another shout out to bill lawrence who taught me well but it was you know I, my learning curve was was steep because it was not something I was used to or familiar with. And you just seemed to really get it out of the gate, which is cool. It's
0: that theater major background. It is. I, you, it's, Honestly, that's I see things as, yeah. Yeah. And basically attempting to live my life like I'm in a sitcom. I've just been prepping for this. It's been
1: very helpful. <laughs> it's finally paying off after all those years. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We're doing it. Yep. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. What else? 200th Uh, episode. 200th episode. You're out.
1: You can't say words correctly anymore. 200 episodes. It finally happened. What do you, where's your hat at? How does that feel?
0: Wow, man. I was thinking, like, oh, this is why I did that Mother's Day episode, which was so much fun when I got to call all the mom listeners, Mm -hmm. or when I did the 100th episode and I got to speak to a bunch of mom listeners. Then I'm like, oh, this is why when I have a big celebratory episode, I reach out to the listeners because really it's all because of them. And also I find them much more interesting than me. And I feel weird celebrating myself and.
1: We're going to do it anyway. We're celebrating Ellie for the 200th episode. She, she is not good at celebrating herself. Uh, And I say that to the atomic mom's family, because what I would love (laughs) is some social media shouts to Ellie, things we love about her and things we love about the show. And I know she's making a face right now that it looks like a sort of annoyed Renee Zellweger face that I should make her post. You guys should ask her to post her Renee Zellweger face uh on it's Instagram. It's the only
0: impression I can it's do. It's great.
1: It's so spot on. It's hilarious. But yeah, I would I'm going to I I yeah, let's celebrate you for a little bit. So that's a great jumping off point. Let me ask you this. When you started the podcast, did you know because I feel like the community of moms Um, that listens to, and, and is so much, there's so much more than listeners, which is why I don't even like that word, but the community of moms that supports this podcast, uh, that I feel like a part of our family because we talk about them constantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, did you intend or know at the beginning of the podcast that they would be such a huge part of, of where this show would end up?
0: Well, I, I, feel like the podcast has always been about creating a platform for moms, whether they're listening in the middle of the night or on a commute, and so it's always been a conversation between me and the listener. These women are incredible. I have had the good fortune of meeting some of our longtime super hardcore listeners and they blow me away. And every time I've had the opportunity to call one for the podcast, I am amazed by their strength and their open hearts and they make me want to be a better parent. So this is, you know, I don't see the listener, but they're they are why I do this. Uh, certainly, like i I wouldn't have done this if I didn't feel like there were women who were positively affected
1: how have you changed and how and how has the show been a part of that journey um, as a mother, as a business person, someone who, I mean, you are, this goes without saying, but as a person who is a full-time mom and also fully produces her own podcast and now is writing a network comedy, uh, there's a lot on your plate. And I'm just curious how you, I have watched you take more on, but also seemingly do it with more, uh grace as the as as time goes on and i'm just curious you know how you've been able to do that and how the show has has impacted um your ability to do that
0: first of all let me just say that i definitely have childcare so yes i've i have never felt like i've had more on my plate but i do feel like the show has prepped me for everything that has come the coolest thing for me has been how the guests and reading their work and like researching them and then editing the episodes of like re-listening to what they have to say again and again, it is infused my like my daily life. Like I'm not this is so a part of me that there isn't much separation. And I've gone through so many ups and downs on this show. But the techniques that I have learned in speaking to these experts has helped me so much. Like we just spent a week for Thanksgiving with my mom and we had such a wonderful time together and we couldn't be more different in our viewpoints on most things. And yet we can be in a loving relationship. Like I have evolved so much over the past several years because of this podcast, because of what I've learned. I'm much less reactionary than I would have been in the past.
1: What has kept you with it and motivated to do this show for 200 episodes? Um, I, You know, obviously there have been certain times that are harder than others and you have a ton on your plate. And there are, I'm sure, days that you think it would be easier not to do it. And yet I know how much joy this show and, and the other atomic moms out there bring you. So I'm just curious. I would just love to hear you talk about how special it is and, 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 and what it, what, what motivates you to, to, to keep doing
0: it. I'm really excited about this next month in particular. Like I never pre-record. I'm usually like scrambling last minute, but I've actually recorded the upcoming episodes and it's a thrill. Like it is so much fun. To go down these rabbit holes and like study my guests and learn way more about them than I will ever let on <laughs> because we run out of time, and also i don't want to freak them out, no, nope. <laughs> but when I in the conversation, like I feel so good because someone's been able to share a little part of themselves, that phone call like halfway through when you're really you feel connected with that other person even if they're calling in from another country and you're like, okay, we have very different lives and very different perspectives, but we can talk about this together. Like, I think that that sense of connection is so energizing. What have you learned the most from listening to the podcast or in talking to me about the guests that I've had on?
1: I mean, I've learned most about you. I've learned that you're an incredibly hardworking, empathetic individual that you have this amazing blend of ambition mixed with a very, uh, a highly sensitive soul that I think helps you get these great interviews and really tap into people in a very special way and, and, and makes them comfortable enough to share things that they probably wouldn't otherwise share. And I think those two things make the podcast. I think without either of those, this whole thing doesn't exist without the ambition. I think you're just a person that has a lot of coffees with people and they share stories <laughs> with you. And I think without, that sounds kind of
0: good right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and without the empathy part, I think it's a pretty straightforward, you know, box checking show where you just bring people on and say, give me a book report about what you wrote. And I think you know, that, that neither of those things are, are what this show is and what this show is, is a, it's a, it's a really personal show. And I think that that's something that people, It's what I respond to when I listen to it. It's, I mean, there's people on that I've known for years and then I hear you interview them and I feel closer to them having listened to a 30 minute interview between the two of you. And, you know, that to me is, is very cool. So, yeah, I've learned the most about you. I mean, I've learned tons of cool parenting tips and tricks. And, you know, I used something from the show every day in my life. But, yeah, I don't know, I think. But, but, I've, but yeah, I've learned the most about you. I'll keep saying that.
0: What was your favorite conversation that we've had together on the show?
1: Oh, well, I'm going to say Eliza's birth story because that's the first one that that comes to mind. That was hilarious. But I love coming on the show not only because I love the sound of my own voice, which I do, but also because it's a it's a nice time for us to sit down and put a little perspective to our life. I would weirdly encourage any parents to just, like, carve out once every couple months, like, sit on the couch or in bed or whatever and turn on the voice recorder on your iPhone and do some version of this. Ask each other questions share the stories um, because it's coming on the show has become very special to me because I'm like, Oh cool. I know that like we're going to get to, you know, canonize part of our family history here and and it's going to live on and we'll be able to listen to it and our daughters can listen to it and, and we'll remember some funny stuff that probably would otherwise be lost to time.
0: You've always been really good. You'll use the voice memo thing on your phone to record Sabrina. Yeah over the years which is
1: hilarious like that's another thing that I think people don't we're so obsessed with photos now because we can take a thousand of them a second but there's something so special about having that little kid's voice when she was you know first learning to talk and then getting older and then could put sentences together and then just the hilarious thoughts when they have the words but their brain is still processing the world and like trying to make sense of it and and it, I mean, it it does. It breaks my heart now because if I listen to that, and then she walks into the room, you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like this is a full grown, and she's not. I, that's the crazy part. She's is, five. She's but... five. But but you know, she's she really has a pretty good handle on what the world is and how it works, and and how she sees it and what she wants from it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to do that because Eliza's actually hitting that phase right now where she's got her sounds and she's starting to get her words and. Yeah, so she'll start getting her voice memos.
0: uh, (laughs) I was laughing this morning with Eliza because – so last night, Adam and I had a very hot date. We went and got a Christmas tree together. It was great. Which was like the sweetest thing ever. By the way, I highly recommend doing it after a glass of wine. Um, And at night. And at night. It was so nice. No one else was there. Yeah. And, well, first we went to Home Depot, and that was sad. Yeah.
1: Well, they had Um, sold out of all the –
0: Plus it's like, it's like, we're going to Home Depot to yeah, get our tree. Like, that's kind of lame, to, uh, but yeah. we were trying to be quick. Yeah. You know, cause your parents <laughs> and, um, but so we ended up going to this little Christmas tree lot in Silver Lake and no one was there. And I think it's a family that runs it. Totally. And Adam got to geek out on different types of Christmas trees with the guys. Yep. And we had to have the we got to have that great husband and wife back and forth of you being like, well, we already have a stand. And me being like, just add the stand. I'm like, how much is the stand? They're like $20. I was like, add the stand. I was like, does this involve work? And Adam's like, not really. We can do it ourselves when we get home. And the guys were like, it involves work. Yeah. yeah. And then they had to like screw <laughs> it in and do all this they crazy. They hammered it in. Yeah. I could have done it. We would have done that with our two kids asleep. It would have broken your back, I bet. Maybe, but I would have done it. Oh, and so then they put the tree on the roof with the stand. Maybe it was a mistake to have the stand because then they had, the stand was like near our windshield right? and then we're driving home and this, this cop car was like going really slow right in front of us. And I was like, we're going to get pulled over for our Christmas tree. That would have
1: been a classic pullover, the the Christmas tree pullover.
0: (laughs) We're such rebels. Yeah. (laughs) But... This morning, we put on Curious George, like there's some Christmas episode, because I wanted Eliza to get – she's very excited about that show, and then she would like really get what the tree was all about. And I realized watching Curious George that like Eliza is in her Curious George stage where like she's not using words, and she's pointing a lot, and she's (laughs) like (laughs) – She is Curious George. She is Curious George in our house. Like that's, if anyone wants to know what it's like living with Eliza right now, it's like living with Curious George. Yeah.
1: Because that's that's exactly exactly how
0: she relates. You're the man in the yellow yellow hat. hat. Mm -hmm. You look so much like him these days. Hmm,
1: That's interesting. Tall and thin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the rating on this podcast? Should we share the pinata story?
0: Yeah. Okay. Why not?
1: All right. This is it, guys. This is some.
0: So turn it down or yeah. off or save it for after the kids are in bed because we just went to a kid's birthday this is the party. warning. Oh, Adult can we say whose who's it was? No, we no. can't say whose
1: <sighs> it was because I don't want to get him in trouble. We went to a birthday party. This wasn't his fault. Um <laughs> Amazing birthday party, like all kinds of events. And they had these uh, pinatas, these little flamingo pinatas. Cute pink maybe three or four of them around. Uh they clearly weren't like part of the overall decor. I found out later that they were a gift from well, some friends. They weren't on theme. Right. And Sabrina ID'd them, and my friend had told her, hey, you know, this is early in the party he goes, oh, if you want one of those, you can take one before you leave. Uh, I think he thought she'd forget about it, which that is not something that our daughter does. So sure enough, as she's leaving, she goes up and she says, hey, you know, you said I could have a piñata. And he's like, okay, fine. He gives her, he goes, just don't tell anybody because I don't have one for all the other kids. So she takes the piñata. We go home. She's so excited about the piñata. I can't <laughs> okay, wait. wait. To-
0: Meanwhile, Eliza's falling asleep in the backseat. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to transition her, which has never happened in the history of parenting for me, that I've been able to transition a napping kid. Into, like, going into the house and continuing the nap. I'm able to do that. Somehow, Eliza, her sweaty little head, is on my chest sleeping, and I get a text.
1: Yeah, so Ellie is asleep upstairs with Eliza. I come down, after helping get them settled, to Sabrina. She is holding the pinata in one hand and a condom in the other and says, is this candy?
0: It looks like a lollipop cover, if you think about it. It
1: does. And I went, no, no, that's medicine. Um, I guess someone (laughs) foolishly put medicine inside this piñata. And I took the piñata and I texted my friend and I said, hey, Uncle so-and-so, remember that piñata you sent my kid home with? It was filled with birth control.
0: Like what messed up yeah. friends gave that to him? And he what was messed mortified. up friend gives that to us? Yeah, he,
1: so it was a gift. Somebody had given it to him as a joke, but for his son's birthday, I, I guess the joke is like, Hey, don't have no another more? one. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I didn't get the joke, but uh, he found out pretty much at the same time uh, that I did. And so I texted him, you know, I hadn't even texted him a photo or told him what it was yet. And he just went, Oh no, just found out, you know, do not, do not let her open it. And I said, Too late. So that was our, that was our day.
0: Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, ridiculous moments, that is one that could be in our sitcom.
1: Yeah, that's for sure going to be in the sitcom. Ugh, that was a, but it was a, like, you know. We got to move. Yeah. And you got to
0: have new friends.
1: (laughs) I just was like, I don't even know how to process in my brain. I think so many things are in this that I'm like angry and disappointed and bummed out and just all of it. It's just not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Two hundredth episode, looking back, what you know what, what's on your mind? I
0: mean, my my interview tomorrow.
1: <laughs> and that sums up Ellie Noss. What? Yeah, it's not a lot of looking
0: back. It's a lot of looking <laughs> forward. Well, I've got an interview tomorrow morning at nine AM. This has been the biggest thing. Like with our my new job, uh with everything going on. My interviews, I record them at like 9 a.m. now or 8.30 a.m., and which is way too early for this voice. But also, it's hard because I toss and turn a lot in the middle of the night over. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you got a chance to warm up. Sure. But that's what being a mom is all about. There's no warm up. There's no, there's no warm up. No warm up. That's true. You just dive right in. You guys stick around for next week and the week after and the week after. Our next two guests are Mike Berbiglia. He's got... A brand new one-man show on Broadway. It's actually not brand new. He was doing it off-Broadway, and it was so good they took it to Broadway. Um, It's called The New One. It's about being a reluctant father and all the reasons he didn't want to become a dad and then what it was like when he became one. And then we also have Casey Levy, who plays Elsa in the Broadway adaptation of Frozen. So don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave a written review. Consider five stars,
1: it five and, stars and and write
0: words, um, please.
1: Palmos five star reviews, guys.
0: <laughs> You're just being silly. You're just bored I just, now. No, I like a. I'm a.
1: I'm a proud hubby. I want you to <laughs> write.
0: Please write
1: a review. I know, but if you don't have so time, just like,
0: no. no, no, no. <laughs> Keep your five stars. I just want a written review. No okay. Kidding. Please, please, please. Five um, stars
1: for me, a written review for Ellen. Uh,
0: but most importantly, if you could share it with friends. Like if you have any Facebook mom groups that you could, if you there's an episode that you liked, like if you could share it on there, that's very helpful to us to spread the word. Because it, unlike most podcasts, this is really a one-woman show. It's me. I have an amazing listener, Maggie, who helps me with some of the digital media stuff. And then Owen, who's our sound engineer. and He's in New York and and that is all. Yeah. So please help us spread the word. Super appreciate it. All right, everybody. Until next week, trust in your goodness. Ellie's losing her voice. Trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness. Rock on Atomic Moms. Love you. Love you.